You are listening to The Bridge Between Podcast, a weekly exploration of how a family history research project transformed into a search for understanding, truth, and the points of connection between people. In dialoguing with others, we begin to understand ourselves. My name is Cisco Ramos, and this is The Bridge Between. What happens when a fact meets the unknown? When our understanding and certainty of something reaches the end of its line? and we encounter the beginning of the end of our imagination. I kept encountering these two questions in my research. For the most part, the records that I have come from three very different sources. Family records, oral histories and traditions, and Ancestry.com. In the majority of the pre-20th century records that I have, there is very little agreement among the records on basic facts. Let me give you an idea about what I mean by little agreement among the records. It is entirely plausible for one person to have multiple birth years, depending on the documents that are available. For example, Delfina Chavez, my great-grandmother, was born in either 1885 or October 4, 1894. There's a nine-year difference. Which is the most accurate? Any answer, of course, depends on whether or not you give more credibility to her 1904 marriage certificate or the many border-crossing cards she signed and completed while crossing the bridge from Ciudad Juarez, Chihuahua, Mexico, to El Paso, Texas, in the United States. The 1904 marriage certificate says that Delfina is 19, which roughly means that she was born in 1885. The earlier border-crossing cards also pin her birth date to 1885. However, after 1918, all of her border crossing cards say that her birth year is 1894. This is where the nine-year gap was born. Personally, I'm more inclined to believe that she was born in 1885. The more interesting question in my mind is, why does it exist? In addition to all of the records that I've collected, there is also the stories that I've been told about Delfina, as well as the mistruths that she created and passed down over time. It took me over a year to answer the question of why there's a nine-year gap. Complicated is a very nice way to put it. I don't want to get into the details here because I'm currently writing a book that devotes a chapter to that question. Let's just say that it involves a reckoning with myth and asking very difficult questions. What happens when the stories and legends that you've been told as a child turn out to be false? What, if anything, takes their place? When I began this project, I wanted to believe that there's a, there are definitive answers to the most basic of questions, and that's simply not true. History is an argument, a partial and distorted of reflection of what was that informs what is. Despite what I'm able to collect and examine, there's still so much that I don't know and will never be able to find out. The hardest part is accepting the incompleteness accepting that I will never know, accepting the absences that will continue to define me in ways that I can barely articulate. Perhaps that's why an empathetic imagination is so, is so important in this kind of work. What do I mean by empathetic imagination? I mean having the ability to look beyond the facts, to do research in such a way that you have an understanding of what day-to-day -day life, culture, and society might have been like to construct a language of forgotten hopes and lost dreams. In other words, 
it means creating a way to remember, to feel, and to humanize. There were numerous times when the only thing I had was a name, date, and location. Very little on the details. And on those occasions, I took a break to find and read history books that could tell me something about a particular time and place. Jalisco in the 1860s, the development of the Mexican railway system, the life and times of Pancho Villa. When I was reading, the point was never to get an answer. The point was to learn enough so that I could try to recreate and resurrect what it might have been like to be a regular person living at that time. In other words, it was trying to learn enough so that I could create a possibility to give voice and to share a story. The gap between imagination and fact is a beautiful thing. That's where the really hard work happens. It's impossible to know what my ancestors said or how they actually felt. My people didn't write anything down. They didn't have any handwritten documents or journals. We have our memories and we share our stories. Despite our efforts, we see things as we are, not as they are. It is entirely possible to understand and to be sympathetic to their actions and underlying motivations. It is possible to understand how a mother might have felt if she experienced several miscarriages in the 1930s. It is possible to understand why, in 1884, Cayetano Chavez and Antonia Aranda, my second great-grandparents, left Hacienda Ledesma in the Mexican state of Jalisco for the bustling city of Chihuahua. Perhaps that is something we have in common. We are migrants that are living and responding to what we, what we believe are better opportunities. They left to escape dire poverty. They left because the Mexican railway system offered them a way out. I left Texas in search of something more. Masaya de allá, as we say in Spanish. And while I've never met them, and they have certainly never met me, we share something in common. Despite distance, despite time, we are migrants, searching. And that is comforting, because I am not alone. I carry them with me. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Bridge Between. Please don't forget to rate and subscribe. If you'd like to reach out, you can email me at thebridgebetween at gmail.com. That's thebridgebtwn at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at The Bridge Between. That's The Bridge, B-T-W-N. Thank you for listening.